Welcome to the IQ Meet EQ podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. I'm here with Ush Danik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR, and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning, Ush. Morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Tell us all about Bali. Yes, look, Bali was phenomenal. Um, We had a workshop there that we were running at the Green School and the Green School's in Bali, amazing place. It's a school with no classrooms, pretty much as in no um, walls. Yeah. And just a beautiful place. And we had just under 40 people attend the workshop. And it was a, a whole day of just learning all about emotional intelligence. And yeah, went, went really, really well. And then you did a second day with locals as well who couldn't afford the first day? Yeah, we did. We just did um, just local people that wanted to come and support us. And yeah, it was just a bit of a, anyone can come and talk to us and meet us. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah, such a nice way of giving back, I suppose, and letting people have access to some stuff that they might not otherwise. Exactly. That's great. Mm. Mm. Uh, Since we last spoke, um, you know, it's just flown for me. I think my routine has pretty much been ordinary. Uh, mm. I did have a talk or a presentation to a big group down in Docklands in Melbourne last Thursday week. So that was good. It was close to 100 in the room. Um, oh, wow. What did you talk about? Mm, estate planning, death, all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good group. Oh, good. Yeah, and we've had a comment on one of our podcast posts on our website it's from Danielle Price. And uh, I met Danielle, God, it's got to be over a couple of years ago now, really briefly. She runs She Will Shine, a group down in Melbourne of businesswomen who, you know, want support and connection rather than referrals. And I don't know if she still does, but she was running a um, co-working space just for women for a little while. And another referral partner of mine, Catherine, um, was involved in the group pretty heavily at that time. So Catherine brought her up to our office. So Danielle says, thanks so much for bringing the discussion to the forefront. That was a couple of episodes ago where we talked about finding it difficult to find a women's group. Yeah. So are they Um, only in Melbourne? I believe so, yes. So she runs that community where they build relationships that are real and happen over time and it's a space of honesty and conversation that stems from from feeling safe. So she just made a bit of a comment about that, which was lovely to hear from her. And it just I just thought, well, maybe I'll reach out to her and get her on as a guest too to talk about what made her start that group. That would be great. I think fantastic in the see if we can open one up in Sydney if she's got yeah. a close <laughs> <laughs> yeah here. Mm-hmm. Mm. now I don't want to put you on the spot too much but we've spoken about it before about values and that you have a really great values exercise and you said you were going to use me at a guinea pig at one stage to do a values yes. exercise can we do it now oh I don't have the stuff on me this second because um we'll need a bit of a uh, pen and paper to do some calculations to be able to work out the values but we can definitely do it for the next episode okay so that'll be coming up then so a bit more complex than what I thought it was cool yes yeah yeah so you'll need pen and paper and we'll need probably about 15 minutes for it but um yeah absolutely if we use you as a guinea pig then the people at home can then follow it even if they watch it um listen to it again on replay afterwards yeah okay yep and they can follow through at home 
Yeah, or just thinking now that you put me on the spot, what we can do is also put the the sheet that they need to use onto mm-hmm. the onto the website link so they can download the link. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fill it out because what I might do is send you that, that sheet as well prior to the session. Awesome. Okay. Sounds good. We'll set that up for our next chat. So how about we get straight into talking about uh, my conversation with Julie Hyde? Yes, the lovely Julie. I was mm. just saying to um to you, Jackie, as well. Like she just sounds so awesome. Love the EQ yes. you know, work that she's doing, and yeah, certainly resonated with a lot of what she said, especially around the, the busyness. Yes, very much so. And she's that's how I came across her. She was talking about busy, and that's the name of her book as well. But it's busy in the context of leadership and how it can make us less of a leader or a role model and I suppose being emotionally intelligent enough or conscious enough of your language and not self-perpetuating busy just for the sake of it. So Julie describes herself as a leader of leaders and she's had a really successful career of over 20 years in banks working her way all the way up through that culture. Last 10 years, she's been working for herself, uh, consulting around this area of busy and working with leaders. So I suppose over her 30-year career, she's seen huge changes in the way leadership is done and particularly through the bank as well, because it's the last 30 years has been a huge period of change. So let's get into my interview with Julie. Welcome to the podcast, Julie Hyde. How are you this morning? Great. Thanks, Jackie. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. So before we dive too much into the nitty gritty of what you're about, what did you actually want to be when you were growing up? Well, I wanted to be a vet when I was growing up. That was my sole thing that I wanted to do because from a very young age, was an animal lover. Yeah. I was hanging out of my pram and wanting to pet dogs. So <laughs> mum and dad had to buy me a dog. And yeah, so it was definitely something that I wanted to do. And come year 10 and we could do work experience. So I enlisted with our local vet yeah. in Ringwood in Melbourne. And that's where I really found out that I probably didn't have the emotional fortitude oh. to be a vet. So yes. just everything up. I was just in tears every day from... <sighs> you know, seeing sick animals and how people, some people treat animals and it just really, really distressed me. So that put paid to that. (laughs) So I feel that hopefully through my work, I'm contributing in a very different way while I'm not helping them physically. I hope that I'm empowering people to be better leaders Mm -hmm. and therefore that will have a flow and effect to how people... To their pets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And donating to the right charities, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So after the year 10 experience then, what did you do? Yeah, I lost a bit of of direction then. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And, you know, finished year 12 and I was, I just didn't know. So dad said, look, why don't you just join the bank? And so I went through all of the the testing for the the bank and Mm -hmm. got into the National Australia Bank. Yep. And at teller level, so at the very grassroots level, and I stayed there for 21 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, through something that I really wasn't sure that I wanted to do, I actually yeah. had a fantastic career there. Yeah. As I said, started at teller and worked my way up to senior leadership level. I had a different role every two years. I experienced, you know, really different leaders, yep. you know, different cultures because things changed very much in 21 years. Mm. 
And yeah, so I had a very successful career there. Great, great. Yeah. And I suppose the landscape, not only um, attitudes, but the regulations of the bank, yeah. what the bank was focusing on at any one time, it would have been, well, you know, 20 years is a lifetime, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty much, I pretty much grew up there. <laughs> so every, you know, in the latter, say, especially the latter 10 years, mm. there was a lot of change mm. throughout um, the organisation, a lot of regulatory change and, you know, towards when I was leaving consumer demography changes and technology changes. So, yeah. you know, I didn't really have a lot of exposure to mobiles or laptops throughout oh. my career because <laughs> I left 10 years ago. So, you know, it, it just was changing very rapidly mm. once I... Um, decided to leave the organisation mm, so, yep. and start and my own you, business. Yeah, you left to jump out and start your own business straight away. Yes. Huge leap. Well done. Oh, massive transition. I don't think I realised how big a transition that was going to be, moving from being within an organisation around people and leading people and, yeah. and I suppose having that title as well, that might sound very egocentric, but just having some significance and then you step yeah. out into your own business is like, oh. <laughs> That's right. What wow. do I do on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis? <laughs> How do I do yeah. that Excel spreadsheet? <laughs> but it's funny you say that, isn't it? If, if we knew what we were getting ourselves into half the time, we might not go about it, but it's yeah. the jump and the risk, isn't it? And Definitely. even if someone had tried to tell you beforehand, you probably wouldn't have listened just like yeah. I didn't when I started my business you know yeah. you'd like no nah, I can do it yeah exactly what are you talking about yeah, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. invincible <laughs> and so I met you about 18 months ago in Shepparton because we've got a mutual connection with Tracy Sofra mm -hmm. and you spoken at, at an event about busyness and what you spoke about was fantastic and then you gave us your book busy which is great now that I've read it I must admit it sat there for a little while because I thought it was busy without context but then I started listening to your podcast and you are all about leadership and so then I went and revisited busy you can see all the dog ears I've got in <laughs> that's awesome yep because it's about how busyness impacts your um, ability to be a good leader Mm. I'm far more conscious these days now I'm leading a team of my own too of mm -hmm. how I am as a leader and thinking well how do I tra train myself as a leader should I do some formal training or is it just developing a lot of the natural leadership qualities that I have and being conscious so I suppose your book was was great in many aspects pointing those out particularly in line with you know the the key message in our podcast as well about being in professional or intellectual roles and yet still having a really good handle on your EQ. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And I think that's the biggest um, attribute to being a great leader is having a very strong awareness of your emotional intelligence because it's, it's, that's how you connect with people. So you can be the smartest person in the room. But that does not necessarily make you a great leader. And I've seen that throughout my career. And no doubt you've seen that too, Jackie, throughout your career, where you've had really smart people who have been promoted because of their, you know, it could be through results-based. Mm. But they just have no understanding of or awareness of how their actions and their communication style impacts on people. Mm. So 
Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I suppose what I'm struggling with at the moment, and maybe, you know, you can help me with this, um, <laughs> is that I'm very aware, particularly of, you know, if I'm stressed out, how my mood and how my reaction is with my staff. But some days it's just so frustrating that I just can't care. <laughs> and it, it's not something that you're really allowed to switch on and off because it's consistency in in your leadership because I don't want people to think I'm hot and cold and not know mm. what they're coming into as well mm. so I mean after reading your book I think what the key is going to be is just communicating that with people and just um, having deeper and more authentic communication yeah I, I would agree with that I think now in the world that we're living in, particularly in Australia, where busy is probably the most commonly used word, Mm -hmm. and it is absolutely something that we default to, you know, it's like, hey, Jackie, how are you? Yeah, busy. How are you? Yeah, really busy. Mm -hmm. It becomes that contest. (laughs) And people are even identifying themselves through busy, you know, oh, I'm a busy mum. I'm a busy entrepreneur. I'm a busy professional. Mm -hmm. Why can't we just be? Yeah, a professional on, on entrepreneur and talk about how we're making a difference. Mm. Because the more we voice the word and the more we're using this word busy, it creates a whole lot of drama around it. Oh, I'm True. so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. And we can waste time thinking about, oh my God, how busy we are. Yeah. Rather than understanding, okay, so what am I actually busy doing? Mm. Am I busy just being busy or am I busy actually doing the things that I need to be doing? to make a difference, to head me towards my goals, to make a difference for my family, to make a difference for my team. So it's understanding, and like you say, you've got that awareness around how you're feeling. Mm. It's understanding where that trigger is and basically circumventing and it's going, okay, I need to stop. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I know myself, I mean, I get into these states where you know, I've, I've got a, um, a circle, if you like, and it, it's inclusive of the eight different types of busy that we can tend to cycle through. So there's a type of busy that I can do, which is I can, I can get really dramatic when, I, when, I'm, when I'm busy and I yeah. huff and puff and it's like, oh my God, I'm so busy. <laughs> but it's at that time, I know I've got to stop and mm. say, all right, enough, enough of the huffing and puffing. What do we need to do? write it down and you get some perspective around it. Mm. Busy is one of the biggest excuses that we use in business um, for not meeting our commitment. Yes. <laughs> Your team. Oh my yep. God. That's, yep. That's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is huge. And you know, you, you no doubt you will have been on the other end of the phone where someone said, Oh, look, sorry, I haven't got back to you. I've been so busy. Mm. Sorry, I haven't, you know, returned your call or whatever it is. Yeah. The message that we're sending out to others is that you're not a priority. Yep. And it's not a nice message to receive. So no, so it's really being conscious of the language that we're using and it's really being conscious of the overuse of this word that means nothing and creates a whole bundle of negative energy rather than actually making sure that we're focused on our priorities. We're doing what we need to do and we're busy in a resourceful way rather than an unresourceful way. Yeah. The fact is we're just always going to be busy now. Life is true. Busy. So we've true. got to make it work for us. And everyone is busy. Mm. As you say, if you focus on how busy you are and all you do is self-talk to yourself how busy you are, it just drives you into a frenzy. Absolutely. Yeah. I've noticed on days 
where I get really frustrated. My mental talk to myself is, oh my God, oh my God, I've got so much to do. I've got so much to do. I've got no support. And so that's what's running in my mind. And I have caught myself on quite mm. a few occasions doing this and going, no, actually, you've got this. Like, you've got this. Mm. And you do. You get to the end of the day and you have a big breath and you're like, actually, that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> So why make such a frenzy about it at the start of the day? Yeah. Unnecessary, isn't it? Yeah. And Mm. it can also come back to sometimes not having the clarity on what we need to do first. It's it's just being, oh, my, and if it's in our head as well, it's like, oh, my God, I've got so much to do and it's all swimming around and we're fearful of forgetting. Often when it's on, like when it's written in on a to-do list, if you like, you can come in and just be, focused mm. and try and stop that self-talk because it is self-perpetuating. <laughs> Just yeah. Going. yeah, very much so. And that's why I suppose telling people, you know, re- responding to that question, how are you? I'm busy. I'm busy. It just mm. perpetuates it, doesn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. On the flip side, there are situations um, where people can't handle what they have on and mm. what their workloads, you know, personally and professionally. And it's understanding where if you really don't feel like you can get it done, you really need to ask for help, which is something that women aren't great at doing. No, true. Yeah. Yeah. There's and it's a lot almost of... like cry, the boy who cried wolf, isn't it? Because mm. we always say we're busy, but at what point then do we know when you need help? Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. And you know, women can be quite fearful of asking for help because it, it can, they can feel like they're capable or they shouldn't have to ask for help. But on some occasions, even if it's just help around the house, you know, you delegate tasks. If you're a people pleaser and you're just taking on too much there has to be a point in time where you put up your hand and say look I can't I'm sorry I can't do it True. because that can lead to a whole lot of you know mental health issues when we Mm. do feel um, a bit helpless in that space so there is a balance but people really do need to understand that they do need to ask for help even if it's just to vent get things down on paper and move forward whatever Mm. that might be yeah Yeah, great point Mm. because it's women particularly, I think, who run the double shift. Like we're not just talking about leadership necessarily Mm -hmm. in business or career, Mm. but it's the women who get home and then run the household as well. So we don't switch off when we finish work. We go home and we've got to run another shift, don't we? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, and so then it's about being a leader to the family or then whatever community groups and school groups you're involved in. Um, and bringing that same consciousness that you can have as a leader at work. Don't just leave it there either. Bring it with you to your other roles. Yeah, absolutely. Because to be a leader in any capacity, we have to be a leader of self first. That's where it starts. That's so mm-hmm. Yeah. So how you are um, in yourself will have an absolute impact on others. And, you know, a lot of women are in a very important leadership role in that they're shaping our future leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have these little people who are hearing this language of busy constantly from mm-hmm. everyone around them. And, you know, we do have this responsibility, whether you are a mother or, or an auntie or a sister or whoever it might be, to, to bring up future leaders in a way that's going to help equip them for their future that we can't even see yet. And this language of busy is, is very narrow. It's, mm. it's 
and it's not going to help empower them to be the little individuals that they need to be as they're growing up. True. And like you said earlier, to be made to feel important too. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's a big thing that I am noticing through um, my workshops and keynotes is people saying how they're quite conscious of the language that they're using with their children now and the feedback that they're getting from their kids. Because, you know, a lady said to me at one of the conferences that her daughter had said to her that she's really sick of being a technology orphan. And she was nine. Because <laughs> mum's too busy yeah. always, you know, on the phone. On the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the best. Kids are watching. People yeah. are watching. Yeah. So How um, heartbreaking too. I know. That, that mum. Yeah. She said she thought it was a joke at first and then she thought, oh, this is not good. No. Oh, oh. Yeah. Look, the other thing as well is that I've just been thinking as we've been talking, a lot of women don't even relate to the word leader. Mm. But in a lot of things that we're talking about, we're also talking about modeling, aren't we? So role modeling or, you know, having influence over the development of people around us, Mm. whether we're conscious or unconscious of it. And that's a form of leadership, whether you like that word or not, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. For sure. And, you know, the word role model, it's, it's equally as important as a leader because that's what leaders do, leaders role model. And even if you're being a role model to your friends around you mm. to show them what is actually possible. It's just so humans are very powerful. We have the ability to lift people up or we have the ability to cut people down. And that can be through behaviors and through language. So it's incredible how people notice when, when you're just subtly doing great things and it might be just your everyday things and people go, wow, gosh, if she can do that, I can do that. And it, it just shows them possibility okay. through, and, and that is through anything that you do, whether it's in the community, whether it's through you, with your children, how you speak to them, through work, regardless of the title you have, everyone can be a leader mm. in an organisation. Mm. And it's all through how you behave. True. Um, it makes me reflect actually on a workplace that I worked in where the leader from an energetic perspective was mm. the receptionist because, yeah, right. yeah, if her energy was really high and great, the whole office was having a great day and buzzing. But my God, if she came in with a black cloud over her, it affected everyone. <laughs> So she had great influence over the atmosphere. She certainly did. She certainly did. Mm. Awesome. So have, knowing all the things that you do now, mm. what advice would you give to yourself as a 21-year-old? I love this question. <laughs> I think I have a lot of advice for myself mm. <laughs> when I was 21. But I think the key things are to stop worrying so much about what other people think oh. of me. And start believing in myself Mm. because when I was, you know, growing up and in my twenties, I I just worried so much about what other people thought of me. And I just tried to please everyone. Mm. And it, it probably could have worked for me at the time, but it didn't work for me in understanding who I was and what I stood for and understanding that who I was at that time, I was good enough. So it, it's really being kinder to myself and loving who I was and being proud of who I was and that mistakes are okay. <laughs> oh, such a powerful lesson. In your 20s, that's hard to hear too, isn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah. 
Oh, and it is. And mm. I didn't have social media to contend with when I was 21. Yeah. Whereas our 20 year olds now have a whole different world to contend with. And it's, it's a very superficial world. Mm. So if that's a message that I can get through to our younger generation is that who you are right now yep. is perfect. You are where you need to be. Yeah, and you that's are good enough. Yeah. Mm. And to really start knowing who you are because mm. as you say if you're pleasing everyone else you, you don't even know what you stand for and who you yeah, are that's mm. right you put different hats on for different people and it's like who am i <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you wake up yeah. one morning and go i don't know who i am that's right who is julie hyde <laughs> <clears throat> well what are some of the daily things that you do with yourself well not necessarily daily but to check in to make sure that you are conscious of how you're presenting to the world or that mm. you're looking after yourself so that you can be the leader that you want to be yeah so there's two things i do so at the start of the day i exercise every day that's just my my thing my routine, it's time for me. I think a lot, but that's the time where I also check in on my attitude mm-hmm. and make sure that it's a positive one. So whether I'm on the treadmill or whether I'm lifting weights, it makes me feel good. It's a really positive start to my day and off I go. So then at the end of the day, I take time to reflect and that might just be five minutes. But at the end of, so when I've finished um, my working day, I'll sit down and I'll ask myself three questions. Okay. And that'll be what went well today? What needs to change so tomorrow can be better? Yeah. And how was I as a leader today? So confronting in some ways too, isn't it? Mm. Oh, definitely. Because sometimes Mm. I don't like the answer. Yeah. (laughs) Like some days my, you know, my plans and um, how things went could, could just not have gone well and how I handled things may not have been in the way that I would have preferred to handle them. So it's just that real check-in and going, okay, so who do I need to be tomorrow to make sure that I handle Mm -hmm. things better? Mm -hmm. And obviously then in terms of productivity, I'll write my to-do list. So when I come back from gym or whatever I'm doing, I know exactly what I have to do. Yeah. Um, prepare for your next day yeah that's good I leave yeah (laughs) I leave the working day at work yeah and then can focus on time with my husband or friends or whatever I'm doing and I always try and be in bed oh yeah by 9 30 oh that's great (laughs) good on you yeah um because sleep's very important it Mm. is indeed Mm. yeah so when you're asking yourself those three questions, do you do that like in the car on the way home from work or is that at the very end of the day sort of reflection? It'll be, it depends where I'm at. So mm. if I'm working from home, it'll be here just, you know, when I'm closing down the laptop or if I'm yeah. coming back from clients, yeah, yeah, it'll be in the car or on the tram or whatever I'm doing. Yeah. But that is a ritual that I do in terms of just checking in. It's, and yeah. some days it's a good way to celebrate your day. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've had a really good day. Yeah. And then um, otherwise it's like, no, you really give me something <laughs> to. It's like, right, okay, let's leave today here, but tomorrow you really need to be doing yeah, yeah. a little bit differently. So mm. do you sometimes journal on it and jot down little notes or is it mainly just a mental process? It's a real mental process for me. I'm not much of a journaler. I would mm. really like to be, but <laughs> yeah. I just, it's not a process that's worked for me. Yeah. Um, the process of getting everything out of my head onto mm. paper in terms of my to-do list is something that I yeah. must 
absolutely do. And when I don't do it, I feel extremely out of control. Mm. But the journaling thing doesn't necessarily work for me. And yeah, the free yeah. flow stuff. I, if I'm journaling, it tends to end up being dot points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just and like I'm a to-do frustrated list. Frustrated if I've spelt something wrong. Oh. <laughs> so no, it's just a thinking process. But I've been doing yeah. it for for a long time now. So mm. yeah, it's just a habit. Great. Mm. Yeah, the end of the day rituals are something that I've been thinking about adding in more too. Because mm. morning rituals are, are fairly easy to implement, but the end of the day, I just seem to get a little bit out of control. Mm. Um, but yeah, being a little bit more conscious again, and those questions are great. Yeah. I can probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Your mind loves three things. I love doing things in threes. So Yeah. Well, I'm the same. At the gym, it's threes or fives. Set. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the control freak. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think there's an element of that in all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I really wanted to thank you for your time and for our audience, where can they find you to connect with you if they want to ask more or hear more about what you have to say? Yeah, absolutely. So my website's a really good resource to understand what I do and to get in contact with me, which is juliehyde.com.au. And that's also where you can subscribe to my podcast, Making It Count. And of course, on LinkedIn. So I'm a prolific poster on the social media spaces, but LinkedIn's a really good space to connect. And um, yeah, feel free to ask me any questions. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. And I really hope you have a brilliant day. Thank you. You too, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So you had to listen to that interview. What did you think? Yeah, look, I think the whole uh, busy aspect, definitely want to just touch on that really quickly, is I think it's so true how she explained it, that we almost glorify that word, right? Busy, mm-hmm. that it, it becomes a badge of honour of who's busier. And I remember I used to say that when someone goes, how are you going? And it was just by default, you say, oh, I'm just so busy. Yeah. And it almost makes you feel better for saying it. And I was talking to my coach about it, funny enough, uh, this is about, about a year ago, and He told me literally not to use that word. And he said, the word you want to use is productive instead. So you want to say, yeah, look, I've been really productive. And he goes, it's just a mindset shift, but it's a a different way of thinking. And it stops you being and feeling that that whole busyness aspect of of life. Yeah, But but I agree. I think we do get caught up into that glorification of it. Mm, that's right or being competitive over who's busier therefore who's more valuable (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely Mm. and by answering that question with you know how you've been and say busy it's almost like a dismissal that you don't want a further conversation with that person because you know you're so busy that um you can't even stop for a moment to have a chat with them yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you, you mentioned a little bit of that in the interview, right? About how you may potentially come across to your team. Yeah, oh yeah, so that's right. Do you, do you feel that? That sometimes you, you are genuinely, I'm going to say busy, <laughs> genuinely distracted, productive, um, that you may come across that way? Yeah, look, um, absolutely. Because, um, and, and this is a mindset shift that I'm really working on at the moment, but it, it is a fact that um, I wear a million hats in my business and um, if they're coming to me with things that are not um, my best work or things that I know they can solve themselves, then 
I do get frustrated because I'm busy. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm not just sitting there supporting them. So, um, and, and that's a hard thing to be constantly aware of and to pull yourself back from because, yes, I want to be there to support them, but it's not my primary role. Um, they're, in fact, there to support me in the business and so I'm working with myself at the moment on trying to push back on them relying on me so much because I know they're capable. They just know that it's easier to come to me than having to solve something themselves. So it just can't continue. Yeah, I like what you just said there, that they're actually there to support you. And I think as leaders, we, we sometimes do forget to say that because a lot of the focus is on leaders being there for their team, leaders supporting their team, which is obviously there. Um, but at the end of the day, you're right that there's a role that they're employed to do and that's to, to support you in your role to be a leader as well. Mm, yeah. And... It was interesting as well where she linked being busy back to women not asking for help, which again, I suppose, is the situation where I've got myself in. You know, I'm again wearing so many hats and I'm not asking for help. Like I don't, um, maybe I'm not empowering my team enough. So again, that's something that I'm really conscious of and, and trying to, along with pushing back, actually giving responsibility at the same time and making sure that they understand what my expectations are. Mm. I also think it's just um, about wanting to have that control and do everything. It's that whole thing of, you know, yep. we, well, we can just do it ourselves and mm. it'll be quicker if we just do it. So mm. I'd rather just do it than, than ask for that support. I know I've been guilty of that when I was leaving an HR team. It's, you know, someone in the, um, in the team comes to me and asks for support uh, as, as a business and wanting that HR advice and I know that I can give them that support I can give them the answer as what I should be doing is referring them to the relevant HR business partner to support them and I'm like oh but I know the answer I'll just help them really quickly mm-hmm. um, which is which is we're like we're our own worst enemy in that sense where we make ourselves busy <laughs> yeah that's right that's right and yeah I've fallen into that trap but in a team of three or four it's fine but once you get to a team of 10 can't keep doing it can you because the work's just more than doubled yeah that's right mm. that's right and I think um you know the other thing that she was mentioning was around that whole self-awareness piece which I think is, is crucial from an emotional intelligence aspect because mm. it really is about that self-awareness until you are self-aware you're not going to be able to recognize that your behaviors are one of being busy and I think the technique for me has always just been to ask yourself how you're feeling before you respond to a question mm. with you know busy it's, it's more about connecting with that feeling and being aware of your feelings I remember when I was learning EQ my coach gave me this horrible exercise but uh <laughs> it, it's really helped and I remember now coaching leaders and I tell them to do it the look that they give me is like really ush. I'm like yes it will help but it's for 21 days mm-hmm. and eight times in the day they have to write down what they're feeling at different points in the day hmm. and it's fascinating because the first few days you just really struggle because we're just not used to naming the range of emotions that we actually feel and I remember doing mine it was happy sad frustrated angry hungry yep. and uh, I think that was probably the limit of my emotional vocabulary of <laughs> what I was feeling so we sort of plod through for about seven days and then after seven days we introduced to the leaders the emotions wheel which um if you just put into google you'll see it but uh it's it's a it's a wheel that says well if your primary emotion is for example anger what are the three emotions that follow anger and then with each of those one of those three what are the next three 
emotions that are the underlying emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating when your eyes are open to that level of what it is that you feel, that it enhances your ability to describe your emotions. And it's something that we're not used to doing. So for anyone that's interested in, in doing that exercise, have a go or reach out to me for a bit more information. I'm happy to talk you through it. Mm, that's great. I think you're right that we're, like you just said, the, our emotional vocabulary is so limited or even being aware and having attention of what to act, actually describe what we're feeling. Great exercise. Yeah, it is. It's a pain in the ass to do, but it's great. <laughs> uh, but, at, but at the end of the 20, 21 days, there's just a, a definitely higher self-awareness of how you're feeling. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great. Uh, The other thing that I picked up from re-listening to my conversation with Julie was because she's very much, you know, leader of leaders and and talking about leadership and then I brought up with her, well, you know, a lot of women don't like to think of themselves as leaders but they can be leaders in many ways and then we started talking about how we're role modelling particularly to children and to friends and colleagues even if you're not the manager or the boss, you can still very much lead through example and through values. Yeah, definitely. I think we do that in just day to day. And it's not, and you're right, it's not even the definition of a leader. It's mm. we do look up to people, we do look at other people's behaviors, and, mm. and we naturally are drawn to the ones that resonate with us, I think, from a values point of view. And then we automatically start modeling some of that without even realizing that we do it. Mm, yeah. How I've done that. Like I've seen some really good traits in, in people I've worked with and they're not necessarily leaders of teams. And I go, wow, I, I really like the way that they handle that situation or the way that they show their calmness and they show their resilience when things haven't gone their way. And you automatically go, yep, I can model that. I can, I can learn something from that. Mm, yeah. And I suppose kids are doing that all the time as well. So as mums, it's just as crucial, I suppose, to try and be self-aware and not just be reactive. Yes, yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying in the interview about the the second shift. Yes. (laughs) And I I actually um, laughed out loud with that one because it's so true. Like, And I know that I've got this weird routine, but when I sort of come home or I'm on my way home from work and before I, I pick up Gia or I'm in the car before I pick her up from after school care, I just have five minutes of just putting the day away and um, putting some music on or just doing something that's not work-related to go, okay, it's it's now the second shift. And it really is sometimes the second shift. And, you know, you've shifted your mindset and then you go, okay, what role am I playing now? Yeah. And then sometimes if I do coaching at night with my clients, the third shift starts once you've gone to bed. <laughs> it's like, okay, back into the other hat. And then it's a, you go to bed going, who am I? <laughs> And then you have to get up and speak to me at the crack of dawn for a podcast. Yeah. Who am I? Am I a mum or am I, um, am I a coach? Am I a leader? Who am I? <laughs> well, that's another good um, end of day ritual because you spoke about your end of day rituals a few weeks ago and Julie spoke about her, you know, self debrief at the end of her work day as well, which was a good little um, exercise where she thinks about three things not necessarily all good but um, sometimes things to improve on as well I like that yeah look I think it's really important to have a, a nighttime routine I I love mine I think everyone does that morning thing especially after that the morning ritual book I can't remember what it's called but that was really good miracle morning that's right yeah. I think we need a miracle night or something <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, look I guess for me that the biggest thing for my night routine outside of, of, of what Julie was saying is goal achieving activities that I want to actually write down to achieve now 
there's a difference between a to-do list and goal achieving activities and initially when I was taught this I was like oh, it's the same thing but it's actually not it, it really isn't it's not a list to say you know drop my kid off and drive mm. to work and listen to this podcast it's more what activity are you going to do because of the achievement of that goal of that mm. task so I try and do that and then at the end of the day I'm like okay did I achieve those those yeah. activities I do something similar because I you know have three or four big projects at any one time and then I break those down into three or four things each and then those things break down again into three or four things each and then I just go okay well what can I do next just to move each of these projects forward so I suppose that's a a goal orientated task rather than just a to-do list because I'm the same I don't put stuff on my list like the dry cleaning and you know yeah 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 do you do it do you do anything around the reflection I think you know like Julie was saying about just reflecting on the day I think that's important as well to be able to sort of make peace with it and and put it to bed literally (laughs) yeah look it's probably something that I don't do very well at all you know I don't generally celebrate anything either I'm always forward looking and I never really look back either to celebrate something that's completed or even look at the day and, and think well how did that go I'm always sort of looking ahead and I should do that better Mm. yeah I think it's just that whole reflection piece so that um, again it's a a good way to raise your awareness right from a Mm. from an emotional intelligence point of view I remember there was this one leader I used to coach really really good leader and he just had this one really bad habit and uh, it took a while for his team to tell him but and it was to do with busyness actually and he was always very approachable but when he got busy and under pressure he and someone went to approach him he would he had this vocal huffing puffing and he'd be like yes you know that just whole frustration thing and you know a couple of people mentioned it to me and I was like how do I get this guy to like really have his awareness raised to it as opposed to the team just telling him and I said oh look you know do your debrief how did the day go how do you feel um you know you're available for your team and he had absolutely no concept that it was something that he was doing until someone told him and then the moment he was told and he was reflecting he's like oh my god I think I did that four times today (laughs) So sometimes it does take someone to tell you what it is that you're doing before your awareness is raised. Mm, Good point. But yeah, good question to ask. Mm, Yeah. All right. 21 days of emotional awareness and and reflections at the end of the day. That's right. I think that's the uh, the task we should give our listeners and see how they go. Mm. Um, And that will fall actually quite well with the values then that we we get to do with them in in the next week or so as well. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So on that note, uh, where can people find you? So I am at oshtanek.com.au. That's the best Great. place to find me. Yep. And we've got our podcast website, iqmeetseq.com.au, um, where you can comment on the posts and we'll read those and um, hopefully answer any questions that you have. And you can find me at jackiebroman.com or at my business, tbalaw.com.au, where you can email me. And we're really wanting reviews on whatever podcast app that you listen to on your podcasts. Our competition's still running. Uh, Put some images up a fortnight ago on the last, on episode six, um, for those um, headphones and wine. So we're going to have a little bit of a draw for all those people who leave us a review. Um, So please do that because we will read them and um, we'd really like feedback. That'd be great. Thank you guys. Hmm. 
All right. Well, I guess I'll catch you again soon, Oosh. Yeah, what have you got on for the week? I'm actually taking a long weekend this weekend, so really looking forward to that. Um, we're supposed to head away fishing, but the weather forecast looks horrendous, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in Sydney this week, so it'll be nice just to be, uh, be back in Sydney and oh, for, uh, for the viewers, the listeners rather. I um, don't know if I mentioned it in my earlier podcast, but I was naughty and lost my licence for six months because I got caught in the <laughs> double demerit long weekend speeding. Uh, so I am so excited to get my car back this week. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I'll be able to scoot around again. <laughs> Yay, no more speeding for Ush. <laughs> no, that's That would have been really hard. I suppose at it least you're in the city. Hard. I know, it was tough. It was just more of the um, school pickup, to be honest, as well. That was a bit of a pain. I, I'll be glad, and I'm, I'm freaking Gia out. She's like, Mom, I hope you've learned your lesson. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yeah." laughs> so, yeah, to uh, get back behind the wheel again this week. Yeah, if nothing else, it's the inconvenience of it, isn't it? Oh, exactly. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, next episode. We'll catch you then. Bye. See ya.